In this episode, I have three fantastic stories for you. And I also have a special guest narrator. It's my friend John from the Weird Encounters YouTube channel. I think you'll love his narration. And if you want to check him out, I'll put the links to his channel below. Now let's get to the stories. Hi Donovan. At the time when this encounter happened, I had never heard of a creature like the one I saw. But after listening to your channel, it seems like things are pretty widespread. In the early part of my career as a park ranger, I worked in southern Alabama. I was an environmental specialist and we were looking at stoneflies in the coastal areas of the state. It required a lot of sampling out in the streams. When I went sampling, I'd have to get into the stream and collect five packets of leaves that collected in the stream at random intervals in a hundred yard stretch of the stream. The project went on for about a year. I would park my truck by the side of the road near a bridge and climb down and hop in the stream and go to work. Some of these streams were way out in the woods and quite remote. At the beginning of my field work in the summer, it was easy to get a partner to coordinate with me. It made the work easier and safer. But late in the fall, the seasonal workers would dwindle down so I started sampling by myself in later November and early December. It added some extra time on my day, but it made scheduling easier and more consistent. Nothing dangerous had happened going solo, so I was okay with the change. That's how it was through the winter and early spring. It was sometime in early March that I was traveling to the second stream of the day. It was a stream that I'd seen twice a month for the last seven or eight months. I knew it like the back of my hand, and I thought I had seen everything it had to offer. I arrived there around 10 a.m. This stream had a nice clearing off the side of the road. It was about a 30-yard or so walk to the stream, with a slight decline over this eroded dirt and gravel, so I couldn't see the other side of the stream. I rolled up my chest waders and walked to the back of the truck to pack up my gear. I grabbed my super sampler, a fine mesh net that attaches to this folding base, and my metal stick meter. I walked down to the stream ready to get in when across the stream I spotted something with this grayish brown fur. That's when I heard this low growling sound. My first thought was that it was an off-leash dog who had gotten away from its owner. I stopped in my tracks, staring right at it, waiting to see if its owner would show up from the woods. I heard this crazy sounding howl, and then it ran off a ways into the woods. But then I saw it stop and look back at me. It was well hidden in the trees, but I could tell that it was standing there staring at me. It seemed to have a huge amount of fur around its neck. I wasn't making any noise at that point. The stream bank was relatively high up from the water, about two or three yards. I was on the side with a small steep entrance. I figured I could get my work done and the dog would just leave me alone. I climbed down and whenever I checked, it didn't seem to be coming closer to the edge. I made it to my first sampling spot about 20 yards into the stream. I couldn't believe the longest sampling for the day had to have a wild dog appearance. I figured I was fine to start walking upstream, but the further I went, the less comfortable I felt. This animal wasn't frolicking around like you might expect a dog to do. 
It was hunched over, hiding behind the trees and foliage like it was trying to conceal itself. It had become dead silent. I couldn't hear it move over the sound of the stream. That's when I started getting really spooked. But I had four more areas to sample. As I kept going, I was walking slower than usual in the shifting sands and rushing water to make sure that I didn't lose my footing. I started to move closer to the opposite bank. That's when I started smelling something horrible. I mean, it did smell like a wet dog, but it was mixed with this stench of rotting flesh and garbage. I felt its eyes on me, and when I spotted it again, I swear to you, it had stood up on its back legs and was taller than me, like approaching seven feet tall. That's when I started hearing that low growl sound again. I started backing away downstream, and it came further out from behind the trees. It made eye contact with me, and I saw that the eyes appeared yellow, and the face looked demonic. Now that it wasn't hiding, I could see that the upper part of the body was just massive. I could see fangs, and I was petrified with fear. But I made myself keep backing away slowly, back to the spot where I could climb up the bank. It felt like it took an eternity. When I got there, I felt a wave of relief since I could now climb up and was within sight of my truck. The creature had advanced closer to the edge of the stream bank. I just kept facing it while backing my way up to the truck. Once I reached my vehicle, I threw in my stuff in the back and I got in behind the wheel and left without completing the job. I described the encounter to my supervisor. He seemed completely baffled and had no idea what it could have been. They sent a unit to search the area, but didn't come up with anything. I had to return to that stream about eight more times, but I made sure I was armed. But I never saw it again. I was working as a park ranger in the Shoshone National Forest. If you don't know, that's grizzly country, and we make a massive effort to practice bear safety in our area. This involves educating visitors at the ranger stations, providing bear lockers and public campsites and monitoring bear activity in the area. One of the precautions that we take very seriously is to temporarily close trails where there have been reported bear activity. Most often, this is because a sow and cubs frequent the area or there have been reports of a carcass nearby. If there are any reports of animal carcasses, we shut down that trail immediately. Bears can be extremely protective of their food and have been known to kill humans who get too close. So when I received a report from a backpacking group about a carcass along one of our trails, I set out straight away to close the area. The backpackers didn't actually see the carcass, but they smelled it and got out of the area as quickly as they could. This was a good choice on their part, or else they could have been in some real trouble. I didn't know just how much trouble until much later. I put out a public notice that the area was closed and put up barricades around the trailheads with the notice that it was temporarily closed due to bear activity. I took one of our ATVs out there to investigate the area just to make sure that it was indeed an animal carcass. While rare, bear attacks on people do occur, 
and because they hadn't seen the carcass, I wanted to check it out. When I got to the area the backpackers described, I smelled the strongest decomposing smell I have ever smelled in my life. Think bloated roadkill in the sun, but a thousand times worse. I honestly didn't know something could smell so bad. The strange part was that I searched everywhere and I couldn't find the source. Bears do typically cache their food, but they're not very good at it. If you find a bear cache, it's probably only half buried if that. The smell was coming from everywhere. The carcass was definitely in this area, but I couldn't find it. The only thing I found were deer tracks in the dirt. I spent another hour out there before I gave up, and I went back to the ranger station. I didn't think much of it until I got another call two days later about a carcass on a different trail about eight miles away from the area I had closed earlier in the week. This report came from a day hiker who said they saw a deer carcass lying in the meadow about 20 yards away from the trail. They said they saw its antlers sticking up from the grass, and when they went to investigate, they found a rotting carcass. The skull was stripped bare, but there was fur and meat on the rest of the animal, and it smelled ungodly. The hiker said they didn't see any signs of predators around, but something had definitely been eating it. I thanked the hiker for calling and headed out to close the area. I took the ATV again up the trail to see exactly where the carcass was. The hiker had described the location for me, and I thought I knew exactly where it would be, but I couldn't find anything when I got there. I searched the meadow and saw no antlers sticking out, but I did find a deer bed. The grasses were batted down, and it was about the same area that the hiker said the carcass was. I felt the grass and it was still warm and there was a bit of blood in the grass. I couldn't believe it. From what the hiker described, there was no way this animal could be alive. He said the skin from the skull was gone and it had been partially eaten. I searched the area for a critically injured deer. I searched the meadow and the surrounding forest with no success. I figured it must have found a quiet place to die and hoped it wasn't suffering but there wasn't much else I could do. I headed back to my ATV and then, out of nowhere, I smelled the stench of rotting flesh. It was the same exact smell that I encountered two days prior on the other trail. And then, I saw it. The deer. It was standing right in front of my ATV on the trail. It looked like a zombie. The hiker was dead right. It had no skin on its face. It was just a skull and I didn't see any eyes. Part of its flesh were exposed along its ribs and flank. I honestly couldn't believe the creature was standing. I walked toward it, drawing my gun. That's when I knew that I wasn't looking at a sick and injured deer. This was some sort of evil creature. I fired a shot right into its chest. It didn't even flinch. I expected it to drop a second later, but it just stood there. I half expected it to attack me at that point, but it didn't. For whatever reason, I have no idea. I slowly got into my ATV and turned the key. The creature didn't move at all. It just stood there like it was staring at me, but it had no eyes. I think that was the worst part. I could see the bullet wound I had given it just seconds before. 
but there was no blood pouring out. Nothing. Just a tiny hole in its matted hair. I really can't explain how terrified I was at that point. I knew this thing was the source of the stench on the other trail too. I had been able to travel 8 miles in rough terrain to get here. I had no idea if it would try to follow me out. I hoped it wasn't faster than my ATV. I put the ATV in reverse and backed up far enough to give this thing a wide berth and I drove out of there as fast as I could. I looked behind me once and that creature had turned around to watch me, but it didn't follow me. I closed the area for the rest of the year and it seemed like the creature just disappeared after that. Hopefully it died, but I have a feeling that it didn't and that it's still out there somewhere deep in the wilderness. I was out collecting water and soil samples in a swamp in South Carolina. I don't remember which one because I visited like five or six that day, and this happened a few years ago. I want to say it was scape or swamp, but it might have been polk swamp. I was collecting water samples because we were testing for pollutants in the water and soil health across various wetlands. I'm a wetland biologist, so this is something I do frequently. In fact, I'm sure I've been to that location before, but it's hard to know for certain. In any case, I had my soil corer out and began to scope out a good area. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary at the time. Once I found a spot where the ground was soft, I began to kick away and clear debris and sticks and such. At the time, it was humid out, and I remember it was getting hot. It was cloudy and overcast, and I remember thinking I was grateful it wasn't sunny. I took a few samples, cleaned up my tools, and began to scope out another spot. You could hear the distant chirping of the birds and the grasshoppers jumping around. The air was still, and it was horribly muggy. As I was walking, I heard something snap behind me in the brush. I turned around, but I didn't see anything. I just thought it was a grasshopper jumping or something, so I went on my way. I heard the snap again, and I froze. I stared into the brush. I don't know what I hoped to see or if I wanted to see anything at all, but I stood and stared. I thought I heard someone breathing, and I listened closely. Out in the wetlands, there are a lot of dangerous animals out there, and I was worried there was a bobcat hiding in the brush. I began clapping and yelling, hoping to scare away whatever was in the brush, and stepped back slowly. Nothing emerged from the brush, but I was left a little shaken. I needed to find some water to collect my samples. I was really worried about the wildlife now. I knelt down by some water and put on all my safety gear. You have to be careful near water because you have crocodiles that lurk in the waters, and occasionally the brush areas too. I looked around and it seemed clear so I began to collect my samples. I had gathered a couple when I heard the snap in the brush behind me. I turned around, the hair on my neck starting to rise. I heard what sounded like a low, deep growl. My heart stopped. My hands shook as I clapped them together and slowly rose to my feet. I began to yell and shout, hoping to scare away whatever was stalking me. Through the gaps in the foliage, I saw a pair of yellow snake-like eyes. I thought I was dealing with a crocodile and began looking for my escape route. I thought maybe I had impeded on its territory. Then it slowly began to rise. My blood ran cold as I watched in horror as the monster emerged from the brush. 
It looked like a cross between a man and a reptile. It was easily eight feet tall. Its yellow eyes were emotionless and cunning, and its head was outright terrifying. Its body was human enough. It had arms, legs, fingers, and toes. But its head looked like a lizard head. It had huge, sharp teeth, slanted nostrils, and its tongue flicked in and out like a snake. It raised its arms, revealing huge black talons and parted the shrubbery. It let loose another low, deep growl as it slowly approached me. I stumbled back and fell to the ground. Somehow I found the strength to stand, and I ran as fast as I could. I didn't know where I was going. I only knew that if it caught me, I'd be dead. I tore through the brush, sticks and stiff leaves cutting my legs. I looked over my shoulder and it was behind me, getting closer with every step. I wasn't watching where I was going and I tripped over a log sticking out of the ground. I fell and landed on my arm wrong, instantly breaking it. I scooted away trying to catch enough footing to stand again, but the monster had caught up to me. It got to the ground and began to crawl towards me, slowly on all fours, moving like a crocodile or a lizard might. It growled, and I swear I could feel it vibrating in my chest. I was screaming for help, though I knew nobody would hear me. It reached out and grabbed my leg. I screamed and kicked it in the face. It hissed and sunk its talons into my leg. I kept kicking it. If I was going to die, I wouldn't go out without a fight. I kept kicking it until it released my leg to grab my foot. When it did, I grabbed a rock and bashed it on the head. It released me with a startled hiss, and I stood and ran once more. I ran as fast as I could manage. Blood was pouring down my leg, and I cradled my arm as I ran. I don't know how I managed to do this because I was in a lot of pain, but I did. I looked behind me, and it was still chasing me. It bared its teeth as it ran at inhumane speeds. I stumbled as I broke through the brush, escaping onto the road. I watched as it stopped at the edge of the road, growling in anger as it sulked back into the brush. I have some nasty scars now, and I lost my equipment and my job. But I'm just so grateful I was able to escape with my life 